Hello, this is Tom Pacello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast, sponsored by sales enablement platform provider, Mediafly. Our mission, to provide you with the independent insights, community advice, and tools to guide your sales enablement journey and fuel your professional evolution. My guest today is Omer Minkara. He is a vice president and principal analyst at Aberdeen Group, and he is a self-described customer experience realist. I do want to find out what that's all about, as well as an author and a speaker. Today, we're going to explore some of his latest research insights and advice on remote sellers, certainly something that's top of mind for many of us sales enablement leaders. Welcome, Omer Mankara. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Definitely looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. So, you know, currently many of us are road warriors. Um, uh, you know, we were road warriors, account managers and sales reps, and now we're all working from home. I know I didn't expect to be doing this until I was retired to be home as much as I've been. Um, some early research indicates that we aren't going back to the way it was before. What are you seeing in your own research? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But, you know, just to build a little bit more uh, color and commentary around that. So, um, you know, within our research, within Aberdeen, uh, you know, we do a lot of regular studies with uh, business decision makers. So in, in my case, you know, I interview a lot of, you know, head of sales, head of customer experience and other uh, stakeholders in the business that are responsible from, you know, selling and delivering products and services. So, uh over time, we've been asking them different questions, one of which was, how do they do their work, right? So not only what tools did they use, how they use them, how do they operate? Mm -hmm. And uh, back to your point around remote work, back in mid-2019, we've done a survey where we looked at how sales leaders in that survey responded. It was a global survey, by the way, multiple industries, companies of all sizes. And we found at the time that only 19% so just about one out of five businesses were using remote work or work from anywhere as part of their activities. Now, at the time, you know, and it still is, uh, you know, a rising and increasing trend, but uh, come COVID, so mid 2020, shortly after COVID, as companies were, you know, scrambling to get up to speed, addressing buyer needs, we looked at the data. We launched a brand new survey to capture a similar data point and that survey told us that adoption has tripled. Mm -hmm. So it increased to 51%. Now, keep in mind that is mid 2020. So early 2021, I think we are at a point where we're looking at 60 to 65% adoption. Now, when we talk about work from anywhere or remote work, it doesn't mean that everyone is working from anywhere uh, all the time. For the most part, many organizations do where they can, but you know, that also comes in hybrid form, which goes back to what you asked earlier. You know, is it here to stay? Is it a short-term thing? I do think that it is here to stay in a different form. I do think that we're going to see more businesses that are going to be, uh, you know, following a hybrid model. So, mm -hmm. uh, more and more businesses are going to be able to now recruit talent across different spaces, just because they may not have the best talents or the right talents live in the right city. They used to limit themselves. They being the sales leadership. That no longer is the case. Now, sales leaders, other business leaders are more aware of the tools out there. And, um, you know, I do think that that is going to continue over time, but it may take different shapes or forms. Now, with that being said, 
let's also be sure that we emphasize that remote work is not the right kind of uh, fit for every company, right? So if you think about healthcare, you can do some things uh, remotely, like you can maybe uh, get an advice on you know, a skin condition, for example, mm-hmm. but if you have major issues uh, or you're manufacturing uh, you know, products, you're gonna need people on premises. So uh, there's also the caveat. So um, some employees, by the way, in those companies, so if you're a back office employee in healthcare, you may, by the way, still very, very well be able to do your work remotely. So even within industries, there will still be some remote work adoption. Uh, but overall, it really depends on the nature of the business. And ultimately, let's be honest with ourselves, the leadership too. So the leaders that are really uh, capable in managing remote teams are going to leverage that more frequently. And I think you're going to see a leadership profile evolve over time where people will be forced to uh, you know, adapt themselves because that's where talent lives. Yeah. Now, my whole organization, uh, before we merged with uh, Mediafly, was remote. Uh, We did not have permanent office. We were all kind of work from home. But I was still visiting with clients on a weekly basis. I have not visited a client for almost a full year. Um, And so things have definitely changed. Now, you know, for me, I've made up for it with a lot more Zoom meetings, (laughs) and uh, a lot more meetings per week. So for me, the productivity has definitely gone up quite a bit. So do you, are you seeing in the research that remote selling is necessarily a a bad thing? Not at all. I think it really has to do with, uh, you know, managing your time effectively, uh, prioritizing, and uh, knowing what to do, balancing out your workload, and knowing where and who to turn to, to ask help. So uh, when we look at our data, the companies that do adopt remote work capabilities in their sales setting, but elsewhere in the business, those are the companies that report some phenomenal improvements in performance. So uh, if I remember the data correctly, it's not going to be translating exact to the T, but uh, I think companies with remote work capabilities reported about 3x, three wow. times the year over year increase in employee productivity. And that's huge, right? If you're a seller, you got a million things going on at the same time. And oh, by the way, now you may not be able to see your sales leader in person. You don't have your colleagues to chat at a water cooler or a cafeteria. So um, despite that, we've seen productivity go up. And it's not just productivity. Because employees are more productive, we've seen the sales cycle shrink. And part of it is, uh, you know, businesses are also operating at lightning speed. Mm-hmm. So especially in today's environment, things are changing really, really rapidly. So buyers today are managing against uh, the needs today, not three months, six months later. So business decisions are made more quickly. So that's the adaptive piece as well when it comes to remote selling. So uh, because, like you said, because now people are able to take more phone calls, more you know, Zoom or other video meetings, you can get more work done. You can get things turned around more quickly. Uh, the one important piece is monitoring productivity and make sure that employees are indeed as productive as possible because it may not be the right you know, fit for everyone, especially if you're a newer employee, if you're just getting your legs under you. Uh, you may need some assistance, and that's where the communication and collaboration tools come in. So, um, you know, there's those caveats that companies should be mindful of as well. Yeah, we'll definitely get into the productivity piece. A couple of things that I'm seeing is that on the remote selling, I'm seeing a lot of sellers book back-to-back-to-back meetings because they now can, and there's no longer that 
windshield time to gather your thoughts in a way, which in a lot of ways was unproductive, but at least gave you a compression and a decompression time. And as well, just time in between meetings to take notes and record kind of what you did and kind of prep as well for that next meeting. And so they're finding that, you know, by packing their days with actual customer engagements, which is good, we all wanted to maximize selling time. Yeah. But now they're really struggling to um, do the proposals and do the, the notes and the planning and the other things that are required. Any insights on that, Omar? Absolutely. So I think that's where the technology piece comes in, right? Mm -hmm. So now uh, another data point that we found when we go, went back to our surveys is one of the reasons why employees are more productive when remote work is used the right way. So uh, again, a lot of companies adopt the remote work. You see some organizations saying, well, you know, productivity is taking a dive. Uh, that's not because it doesn't work. It's much like analytics, right? So if you think about uh, how companies approach analytics, especially in the earlier years, it's not because it doesn't work, it's because mm -hmm. you may not you know, build it the right way, you may not use it the right way. So when it comes to remote work, uh, one of the ways that companies are able to ensure productivity is looking at the work stream. So mm -hmm. yes, let's have employees spend more time on areas where they make a difference, where they add the human touch, the connections. But um, you know, let's build workflows. So if an employee logs an opportunity or if it's at a certain stage, let's make it easier with the help of workflow automation and content management to let the employees find the right data, the right content, and deliver it to the right customer quickly. So uh, well, one of the things that we found as part of our research is on average, 17% of an employee's time, 17% of a seller's time is spent looking for content within the business. So think about that for a second, right? So you got, I don't know, 10 hours a day, let's say with remote work. Now you're spending just about two hours off your day, trying to pull the contracts, trying to pull the right information together. What if you can even shrink that down to an hour? Now that's the time that you can spend with another meeting, another two meetings, that immediately translates into greater productivity. That's why we're seeing the productivity increases by firms that are using the right tools. Yeah, and one of the things I love is we've got a meeting assistant. So it'll automatically log the meeting. It knows what I presented to the customer and it saves it. And then it, it lets me easily package that and send it to the customer as follow-up. Now, um, and then using recording technology, like a gong or something like that, I also have all of my transcribed call right there that I can go through and make it a lot easier to take notes. So you're right, technology and particular AI and ML and, and voice and content management that is set up the right way, as well as these meeting assistant type applications can really help to, uh, you know, you're not going to get back that time, but it'll automate it. So you don't need that time. So you can do more of those customer facing calls. Now, you also mentioned that you know, when, when it comes to sellers, a lot of us got into selling because we're extroverts. And as you were talking about the remote selling and it being a good thing or a bad thing, I think there are definitely people on the team who are extroverts and they're energized by personal interaction that is hard to get via an online meeting that they may require perhaps more coaching and more, um, uh, kind of uh, energizing than perhaps introverts. Did anything like that come up in the study or have you seen that personally? Um, per, less, you know, study-wise, but personally I do uh, agree with the observation. 
uh, I think there's a bit of, uh, you know, education as far as, you know, how do you prepare for these conversations, right? So mm -hmm. one of the challenges that I see in, uh, you know, end user discussions is uh, some of the sellers may not be as uh, as active or listening as they would uh, in person. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just because they can't read the room, right? They can't read the other person's body language. Uh, so there's that piece. But also, you know, there's a lot of technology capabilities like co-browse, screen share, that they can now amplify, uh, you know, their uh, capabilities with, and they may not always know how to leverage them at the right time and create the greatest impact. So part of it is training; the other part of it is learning by experiences. So that's where the tribal knowledge comes in. And unfortunately, again, working in a uh, you know diverse and distributed environment, one of the important pieces is uh, as a sales leadership, you got to make sure that employees are able to communicate and collaborate the best practices with one another, and uh, you know make the sales team uh, more regularly communicate uh, with their peers, share the best practices, uh, even more so when you know we were all back in offices. Yeah. Now, one of the things I've seen, you mentioned screen sharing. Uh, a lot of sellers I see are trying to fill that meeting room with something, right? And videos are definitely a way to do that. But very quickly, they go to a screen share and they put up a demo and they show you every feature in the product or they put up a presentation. And here we go walking through the slides one by one by one in right. linear fashion. And it's almost like it's digressed. A any thoughts on that? Have you seen that same thing occur in meetings you've been in? Um, when it's not prepared the right way for the right clients, uh, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of sellers are trained on, okay, here's the usual, uh, you know, playbook that you'll use. You know, you're going to go through this, you're going to go through that. I think that, you know, in my observations um, happen when the seller does not have either the right context or they have the context but they don't know how to connect the dots. As in, knowing, let's say, a particular, uh, you know, buyer needs help with brand awareness, or they would need help with, uh, you know, converting opportunities. So, uh, knowing what exactly is the right product for that buyer and pointing them to the right section, because they may not be interested in the whole demo. Yeah. So, no, telling them what's in it for you, and recognizing the fact that if he can secure. Uh, an online meeting with a buyer today, it's a lot more precious than you used to be able to, uh, even in person back in the day, because we're also swamped, like you said, back to your yeah. point, people are back to back to back. So if you show up to the discussion unprepared, if you're talking about things that are unrelated, and if you, you know, for lack of a better word, wasted the first five minutes of the conversation, you probably lost a you know, good, good percentage of the opportunity early on just because you haven't done the homework. Yeah, and I, I definitely see the need for discovery that sometimes gets abandoned because you're in this virtual environment, whereas you would never do that in an in-person meeting. You would do the discovery. You're sitting across from people, and it's easier to ask them questions. Active listening, you mentioned, is a big skill. And then pivot. I think pivot to the right use cases, the right content to support the conversation is absolutely essential. Now, you talked about productivity and getting the most out of your selling team. And I think there are three things that you recommend out of your research that folks do. And the first one is effectively monitoring to get the most productivity. Talk about that. No one likes yes. someone looking over their shoulder, right? But I know it's important. Yeah. Yeah, it's less the you know big brother uh, effect, so to speak, but uh, really telling the employees that look, yes, I mean obviously as a company, I do want to know that you guys are doing the right things, that, you know. But 
I also want to make sure that you, we set you up for success. I want to be able to make sure that you're getting the most out of the tools that we provide you. So, mm -hmm. you know, you gave examples like, you know, speech to text trans, uh, transcription, you know, automated workflows, content management. So CRM, we want to make sure that as an organization, you're using them the right way. So um, I do see the companies that are in the best in class tier. So the companies that sell more, sell faster, you know, retain their clientele, uh, also hit their numbers, uh, you know, as a team, they're the ones that are more likely to be using tools like desktop analytics, where uh, they monitor the employee desktop, not for, you know, the big brother purposes, obviously they wanna make sure that the employees are working throughout the day, you know, not down to the minute, uh, that there's the employee engagement ramifications that needs to be balanced out right so <laughs> you don't want to say well you know out of the eight hours you only work seven hours and 50 minutes what's going on why didn't you work the 10 minutes that's probably a sure sure way to lose your employees but it's more about uh you know are you using the right tools or are you using them effectively how often are you use, using them so um you know that's what we're alluding to with desktop analytics one of the pieces that we also see uh the savvier organizations focus on is the voice of the customer. So when it comes to monitoring, uh, what kind of feedback are we getting from buyers? You know, are buyers saying that, well, you know, I didn't buy because of, you know, X, Y, Z. So doing the VIN loss analysis in particular, the thing with VIN loss analysis is you have a look back as far as what didn't work two, three months ago, if that's how long your sales cycles are. So I think it's a lot more valuable to do the health checks uh, when you know deals are in the opportunity stage to see what else can we ask for you? You know, are, are you having a good experience to also coach the seller on how they could do a better job with similar opportunities? So that's the other side of effective monitoring. So employees know what else can I do better? Because you want to make sure that it's not you know monitoring for the sake of, hey, look, your job's in danger and here's how why and how I'm tracking, but more so. I want to make sure that you succeed. And here's how I'm doing that. Yeah, I think it's monitoring for coaching and monitoring for improvement are the keys there. And then the second element is improved management. Obviously, you have to manage differently now that you, know, you can't walk around and coach someone or guide them. So talk yeah. about that. Yeah, I think empathy nowadays uh, goes so much longer, uh, so much farther with employees too. So really recognizing that uh, you know, when the sellers have their back-to-back -back meetings, you know, they got their family members in the background. They got, you know, loved ones that, that they're taking care of. They got, you know, homeschooling for their kids. There's a million different priorities. And oh, by the way, we're still living in the middle of a pandemic. So mm -hmm. there's that going on. So uh, really having that empathy uh, in terms of providing employees the flexibility from a management perspective, I think that's important for uh, engaging the employees, but also the anxiety levels are higher than ever before. So employees just don't have the ability to, like I said earlier, walk into the room, look at the facial expression of the sales leaders or you know, read the broader vibe in the office. So that all happens online and rumors are much easier to circulate online than uh, you know, in person. So effective and frequent communication is much more important today than ever before. So transparency is critical but also clearly define, you know, business objectives. So if business objectives are changing, articulate on why they changed and what does that mean for the employees? Don't leave them in, in the dark. So they want to know, uh, you know, if I need to pivot, back to your point, pivoting is critical, not only during the call, but also for the employees, uh, you know, their own careers. So as the business needs to pivot, if I need to sell different products because that's what the buyers are demanding, doing that, that's the other piece from a 
management perspective, and obviously still, you know, uh, doing, you know, doing all the right things when we were all back in the offices as far as providing fair, fair and, uh, you know, transparent visibility into the employees as far as how do we measure your performance, how do we reward you, how do we coach and train you otherwise, so all that still stays true. Yeah, and I think we have to understand that the anxiety and stress is there already, and people are already on edge or perhaps are fearful uh, automatically. They're in possum mode in a lot of instances, and you just have to be aware that you've got to adjust your management style to a pre-anxiety, pre-stressed you know, employee and team member who might not be stressed over work, but is stressed over all these other things that are causing them to then be stressed at work or anxious at work. Yeah. And the third is something near and dear to my heart from Gartner. You can't manage what you don't measure, measure, right? So measurement ability, I think, is the third element you have in the research. Yeah, I think that's, you know, one of the key pieces for continuously improving, right? So, uh, you know, having visibility into the right metrics. So one of the things that I, I believe is critical is it's not just measuring for the sake of measuring, but measuring the right things. So because you can measure anything, right? So you can have a BI tool, you can have a dashboard and you can track your stats. But if you're tracking the wrong stats, then you think you're improving them. In reality, you're not improving the right areas. So really identifying what are the priorities for the business today, especially in today's environment. Uh, you know, if you need to pivot, how do they change? Uh, that's critical, but also uh, building scenario planning, right? So more important than ever before, the best case, worst case, and every scenarios. You know, that's a standard uh, practice for many, uh, you know, sales practitioners nowadays, but taking it on a higher level, because now it has ramifications for hiring, ramifications for training, other activities as well. So, uh, you know, are we at our best case? What else can we do if, our, if we're at our worst case? So, you know, doing that planning from a measuring perspective. And then the last piece is, uh, you know, if you're falling behind, not waiting until, you know, looking at the past quarter's results, because by that time, you're managing against the past quarter. We just don't have that luxury anymore. Yeah. Uh, most, you know, most businesses now manage against today. They're trying to manage against the future. You just can't see. So you got to be agile enough to respond to what happened today. You just can't look back at the historical data. So that real-time visibility is critical. So what content piece is working? With what audience? Why are opportunities not moving? You know, uh, why are sellers selling more efficiently? And things are going to change as buyer needs, as market conditions change. Uh, you know, what used to be an average seller may, you know, become your best seller because that's what, you know, the market dictates as far as the skill set goes. So, you know, being mindful of those, providing the right coaching, the right training, the right work, building the right workflows, all that becomes, uh, you know, a subset of the measurement piece by tracking the right metrics and then focusing on delivering on those right metrics. Yeah. And then I think you had it right in that you don't want to look too far back on any of those metrics because things are changing fast. So when you look at what is the content that's working or what is the process that's working, what's the audience that's working, those are things you need to look maybe a month, two, three back as opposed to a year back and having that, that historical view. Now that you've got productivity right, you know, what are you recommending to boost sales effectiveness in this remote environment? What are some of the like one, two or three things that you think are um, worth investing in over these next several months to boost sales effectiveness? Totally. So, uh, you know, I'm actually working on a brand new study on uh, best in class uh, sales tech stack. So 
what are some of the tools the best in class organizations are using? And it's kind of a rich toolbox, but one of them is not just, uh, you know, adopting CRM, but also using it more effectively, mm -hmm. adopting it at a higher level, but also uh, making sure that the reps are not constantly needing to go back into CRM to see, you know, what happens with those accounts? What else can I use? So um, instead providing automated trigger alerts. So, uh, you know, intelligent CRM, essentially providing uh, AI capabilities, automated alerts uh, built into the CRM. That's definitely one of the tools to boost productivity. So that way, employees are not spending that 17% of their time or part of that 17% looking for that data. That data actually is delivered to them. Love it. Another piece is um, better communication. So enterprise communication and collaboration tools. That goes back to you know sharing tribal knowledge within the business, but also making it easier for employees to communicate with the sales leadership. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's that piece. And then there is uh, also the voice of the customer tools that we're seeing becoming more popular across the sales leadership because you want to know, I mean, not just why you're winning and losing, but also over time, how does the customer sentiment change? Are we doing the right things? Uh, dashboards are still, you know, very popular, but again, goes back to our earlier conversation. It's not just using them, it's how you use them. Uh, I, I believe the best-in-class and non-best-in-class firms had an equal adoption of dashboards and BI, which, which tells us as analysts, it's not if you use that technology, it's how you use that technology. And then you have content management, again, going back to that 17% figure that I mentioned early on, you don't wanna dig uh, through different systems, different uh, you know, repositories to find the right content. You wanna make it easier for the sellers to be able to do the selling. So uh, there's that piece. And then the last, uh, and you know, the most one of the most emerging tools is machine learning. Right, so really figuring out uh, what content works, how our opportunity is moving, uh, analyzing the CRM and operational data with the help of machine learning. So once you build the machine learning uh, capabilities within the business, uh, train the algorithms, that then enables you to build AI and automation on top of that as a layer. Now you can automate more of those workflows. You can uh, you know, cover more of the buyer and seller journeys where, uh, you know, more of the buyer journey is covered by, with the help of automation capabilities. And by the time an opportunity gets in front of a seller, they know the context, they know the right content, they're there to add value as opposed to do a lot of the discovery work. Got it. Got it. What's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave the evolvers with today, Omar? Uh, well, what I'll say is, uh, you know, don't be scared of remote work. I think, uh, you know, this is a great new way of, uh, you know, getting ahead of competition. You know, it's not a scary uh, method of doing business. It's not a scary technology. It's just yet another enabler that's going to help if used the right way. So uh, make sure that you communicate and, uh, you know, set the right expectations with your employees. Make sure that uh, you know you manage against the anxiety levels, especially today, because there's still a lot of that going on. But also uh, make sure that you clearly communicate. If you're monitoring employee performance to help them, make sure that they're not misunderstanding because um, that could go both ways. Employees could be really satisfied because they're being helped, or they could be spooked and you know they may be looking for elsewhere. So uh, you know, striking the right balance around uh, clear communication is key. Yeah, absolutely. Monitoring improve management and measurement ability, uh, definitely key there and takeaways. And then from a tech stack standpoint, I think Omer, your advice is great. 
intelligence CRM, uh, enterprise um, communication and collaboration tools, voice of the customer tools, dashboards using it the right way, content management and smart content management, and then machine learning to optimize the sales effectiveness process. A lot of content. Thank you so much. How can folks reach and find you online, Omer Minkara? Absolutely. I am on LinkedIn. It's uh, the forum where I publish a lot of our, uh, you know, research. So definitely feel free to follow me. It's uh, Omer, O-M-E-R, Minkara. And um, if there's any questions, definitely happy to continue the conversations in that forum. But pleasure to also chat with you today. So I really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. And we will include a listing to your LinkedIn in the meeting notes. Thank you for joining us and participating to make the Evolvers a great and growing community. Thank you. Thanks. Until next time, Evolvers keep evolving.